on this week's show. Bowing out with their heads held high, Beckenham assistant boss Billy Walton tells us about their FA Cup exit to Dagenham. We come up against a side that are professional outfit and I thought the, the golf was massive. A first league win of the season, at last, for Corinthian. Michael Golding tells us all about it. We've certainly not achieved anything tonight, but but just getting rid of that monkey off your back, just getting that first win, I'm always pleased, and I think you could just see the lift out of everyone at the end. The managerial merry-go-round is often running in Kent. We hear from the new Faversham town boss, Simon Austin. When Trevor got in front of you, they know, and all the projects that they've got going on there, what his expectations are for the start of the first team. And Craig Coles tells us why he's followed Marcel Namani to become part of the Whitstable Town coaching team. He was the one that brought me into the club. Um, so, yeah, really excited to, to be back alongside Michael. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast, sponsored by Nick Cunningham Plumbing and Heating. We've got four interviews for you to enjoy on this week's show, including from Two clubs who've changed their manager this week and a man who less than an hour before we recorded this show led his side to a first league win of the season. Uh, I'm John Phipps. His work tonight has been at times severely hindered by a cat trying to share lap space with a laptop. Another one now is a man, and I've literally just changed this intro, is one of the is in one of the new wings of his house. You're, you're in a different room, Matt Gerard. Yes, we've um we changed the sort of layout of the house back in last year, so one of the small bedrooms upstairs, we put an office in. So, um, well, we, well, I'm saying office in, we put a desk in there. So I've, I've managed to move upstairs from where I normally sit on the sofa doing this. Um, so I'm sitting at a desk in a chair um, doing it from there. So I might sound a little bit different. I think I probably need to get a new sexy style microphone. But um, yeah, different different things. So um, it's a sound, well, not a soundproof room, a room away from everybody else. Probably the only thing is the kids are sleeping next door, so I might wake them up. I was going to say, surely being upstairs is, is a bit of a hindrance when it's uh, quite late on a Wednesday evening and you've got two uh, school-aged daughters there. Uh, yes, but um, they should be. They should have been asleep an hour ago, which I think they probably are. So well, we'll let them off. But um, hopefully they, sh- they shouldn't hear too, hear me too much in here unless I get excited and start swearing. <laughs> that does happen most weeks. To be yeah, exactly, that's true. Well, you been up to anything exciting? Uh, to be honest, mate, no. Um, well, just walking the dog. I'm off next week, so we do things planned for next week. But I'm just working. Um, yeah, we haven't really. I've been watching too much football, really, which is not to the worst. Because there seems to be so much football on the telly at the moment, isn't it? There is oodles of it. So I've been watching uh, yesterday. If I just sort of put it on. You see, what we were reading their phone, and I put it on BT Sport or Amazon, which it is, and then I sort of sit there and I need to sort of. Pay more attention to my wife at times. Well, I'm just watching random football. I've got no real interest in it either. So maybe that shows there's nothing on the telly to watch, really. Do, do you know what? And I've said this. I don't think I've ever said this on the show, but because I, I don't want to let the persona slip that I'm football crazy, football mad, etc., uh, etc. Et but I, as may be known, uh, I've had quite a change in my personal circumstances this year. Um, things are very much looking up now, thankfully. Um, but one thing that has happened is I've now got two jobs that are football centric. Uh, one of them is a newspaper, so I do cover other sports as well. But I'm back in the situation that I was in oh, 13, 14 years ago when my work is football. My When I'm at work, I talk about football, I watch football, think about football. And when I'm not 
working now, if I unless unless I can go to a game for the podcast, I don't really care that much about what's going on. Do you know what I mean? I I, I try and step away from it because I, otherwise you just literally have got nothing else at all to in your life apart from football, and um, you know it's it's really really tough. Um, and and I don't know for other people who work in football, I, I guess sometimes. You just need that little bit of a break from it, if that makes sense. I suppose for you, Matt, because you you don't deal with football eight hours a day when you're at work. But for me, you know, I'm sitting there, I've got football on the telly, I'm waiting for football matches to happen, and I I, I just when I get home, I just want to switch off. Do you know? What, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Because sometimes if it's a bit, you know, I don't want to talk about. I wouldn't want to be um, doing IT. That's what everybody says when I because I work in IT. Oh, I'll come round and do your. You know, oh, I'll come around and fix my computer, and I think no, <laughs> because I don't, I do enough of that during the day, so I don't want to do that every evening. So yeah, it just, yeah, I've been watching too much football because I don't think it's much on the telly, and and again with the World Cup coming on, there'll be a lot there, so I, I need to pay more attention to my wife of an evening, I think, rather than watching again Bournemouth, uh, Bournemouth v I'm just watching it thinking I've got no, I'm even interested in. Is the fantasy league because I might win some money. That's the only thing. Thought so yeah. So of course I love non-league football, so I'd watch that if it was on the telly. But I'm watching Premier League football for the sake of watching Premier League football, and I've got no interest in who wins or loses really. I think that's the thing for me. Like, and one of the biggest frustrations for me is, you know, I I have I'm in a situation whereby I need to go and earn money because otherwise I'll be uh, struggling to feed myself. Um, but one of the things that is frustrating is I'm working every Saturday, I'm working every Tuesday, I'm working every Wednesday. So actually the chances for me to get out and actually watch some non-league football uh, are really, really slim at the moment. And I think I went to five or six games by the middle of August and I don't think I've been to one since, um, apart from obviously when uh, when you came down to Eastbourne. And I find that really tough. And, and I hope that we're not, that the quality of this programme isn't dwindling because we're not out at games. And I think we, you know, we are still providing some really good stuff. But, it, you know, it's it's really hard. And, and you know, I've got other things going on in my life as well, apart from work. And sometimes you have to put your focus in a different way. And, and I'm not complaining about that in the slightest because I'm having great fun uh, away from away from work at the moment. And football's never on the conversation agenda uh, there. So it's, it's, it's actually, it's, it's nice. But, you know, we still love Kent Only football. We still love the Kent Only podcast. And we hope that we're still providing something that everybody enjoys. Yeah, exactly. Don't switch off because, we, you know, um, you know, I'm lucky to watch. Again, Saturday afternoons, I think I enjoy a bit of football. But I just think from my watching too much rubbish football the last few days, that's what that conversations about. And I should watch back to a, a TV programme that I can enjoy with my wife. Yes, exactly. I should just say, uh, I do have a new friend uh, <laughs> uh, and she is into rugby um, rather than football, which, you know, isn't necessarily my, my favourite sport, but I can cope with that. Uh, but um, for the last few weeks, she has been religiously listening to this show. So um, a big hello to I her. Like I know she'll be listening. Well, that's I, your I've problem. Got, I've, I've got, you know, yeah, rugby. Yeah, I, I, yeah I'm, not, I'm not a fan of it chasing. That's, that's 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 it. That's what I don't know. I don't um, want to learn anything about egg chasing, and I I wouldn't. Yeah, don't care about egg chasing. If Mrs. Jowell had said to you early doors, I really like rugby. Would 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 there have been no future? It's a difficult one. No, 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 because we'd have worked it through. But I just don't like rugby. <laughs> 
Well, no, but uh, as I say, my 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 new um, close friend uh, does like uh, does like Robbie very much, but uh, she is listening to this show, so uh, we should very quickly actually just say good morning or good afternoon. She's probably listening at lunchtime. Uh, yeah, good afternoon, uh, Fiona. Anyway. Uh, on with the show this week. It's our 230th episode, and there's lots of various products with that number. What with it ending with a zero, you know, so I will call it the 230. I, th- I found watches, I found all sorts, uh, nothing of any interest, but it is the dialing code if you want to call Mauritius. Uh, now, I don't think there's ever going to be a scenario where that information is in any way, shape, or form useful to me, but you can dream, eh? I don't, I don't know much about Mauritius. Uh, from what I've seen, it looks absolutely idyllic and bloody expensive and i'm guessing matt as a father of two young girls uh, a trip out to somewhere like that is probably a million miles away for you yeah uh yes but i, I think somebody i know has been to mauritius and they said it was absolutely lovely it, it was quite expensive but it, it, if you've seen the pictures on the telly with this golden sand and you know you could see the bottom of the ocean yeah it's like oh, um i think it's it's more of a, it, well what you said john i'm not jumping the gun here mauritius sounds like a honeymoon location but i'll leave it at that it, yeah, it is a honey. It is the sort of thing you would think of as a honeymoon. But no, no, don't no, please. Um, <laughs> where, where did you and Mrs. Gerald go on your honeymoon? Anywhere nice? Uh, we went to Dubai and mm-hmm. then Sri Lanka. That's so, that's quite Mauritiusy, really. Yeah, Dubai. Yes, but it was totally two opposites because Dubai we stayed in a lovely hotel and they treated us like kings and queens, and then we went to Sri Lanka, which is less salubrious as. Um, Dubai, but just as nice, really. So, but very the seas were crazy in uh, Sri Lanka because we then we were told not to go into a sea, into the sea there because it's rough uh, the, the, the tides. And then we were there one one day watching them sitting by the pool, which is by the beach. And some bloke um, got pulled out by a lifeguard and had mouth to mouth to survive. And that's the reason why we didn't go into the sea. So that was a thing from that because he ignored a few things. But Sri Lanka was very nice, but. It, but We'd like to get, take the kids. The kids, I said before this pod, they watch a lot of YouTube and there's a lot in Dubai. And that, Dubai has come up on a holiday they'd like to go to. So, um, but um, I don't really think it's the kids' holiday, but they've seen these YouTubers in these places and they'd like to go and do things like that. But they yes. won't be going to Dubai anyway because, you know, sort of from there. Not until they can pay for it themselves, though. Exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, right. Sorry. Better move on, haven't we, now, really? Because it is, yeah. we do record it late on a Wednesday or late on a Thursday. So I've been getting, going to bed later and later, John. So, you know, I love my sleep. Yeah, sorry about that. Right, let's get on with the show then. We always try to start with the positive. Uh, but this week, well, we're not, I'm afraid. Uh, that's right. Get your tin hats, your face shields, whatever, ready, because we're going to talk about the FA Cup. Uh, there were six Kent teams left in the competition this time last week. Uh, my prediction went well, didn't it? It went brilliantly, yes, because only one of our teams made it through on a Saturday to forget uh, in the famous competition. Our sole survivors are Ebb Street United. We had to have one team go through from that time, but it was a right old battle against Seven Oaks. Oaks had a goal disallowed just before half time. Uh, but in the end, goals from Greg Cunderland very, very late in the day. Dominic Pollyon sent Fleet through. Uh, their reward, if you want to call it a reward, is a home tie against FC Halifax Town of the National League. Uh, winnable, I guess, but not the sort of tie that anybody would have picked out, I suppose. When you were again, again, going back to the previous conversation, right at seven o'clock, I watched the draw for half an hour, which again, I was thinking, what am I doing here? Because I've got to watch, look to my phone in about two minutes to get the whole draw. Not a well, it's a winnable draw for Ebsleep, which is probably what you want because when you're this far, you might as well try, like, give it, try and get into the third round. So, yeah, 
there's no reason on paper they should probably beat Halifax, I would have thought. So, um, as A, they can't, they don't lose any matches, and B, they're at home where they score plenty of goals. So, um, seven eights did ever so well, keep them, keep them out for nearly an hour or just over an hour, but Epsilon's quality came through. I expected Epsilon to win. It was the rest of them that I, that let us down a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, absolutely very gracious in, in victory. They said Seven Oaks put up a real fight. Uh, I think it was 65 minutes was the opening goal. 90 minutes was the uh, what was the second goal. And, and, and a great effort from, from Seven Oaks and a great cup run uh, for them. But as you say, everybody else probably went out 2-1 at home to Hereford. Uh, a work colleague of mine was at that game, actually, and said they did everything but score when the game was 1-1 and he missed the uh, Hereford winner. Uh, well, Hakan Hoeretting was far from happy after Maidstone United went out and Needham Market. Both of those teams, to make it even worse, would have had fixtures against football league size. I think it would have been Bromley against Pitt Portsmouth, wouldn't it, Matt? Uh, it would have been. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah, of course. I didn't think Matt about that. That's a blow. And Bromley, when I was at the, um, we'll get onto it later. But I was quite a few Bromley game people at the Beckenham game, and they said, "Oh, Bromley have never won a first round tie since the war or something," and they all thought they were going to get through. So disappointing for them, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, also out of the competition were folks in Victor beating 2-1 at Merthyr Town uh, after a really slow start for them out in Wales. A trip to Buxton would have been the reward for them, so that probably softened the blow a little bit, but still, you'd be disappointed. Uh, and last, but by no means least, Beckenham Town found it just a step too far as they were beaten 7-0 at home by Dagenham and Redbridge. Matt was there and he spoke to Billy Walton after the game. No, it's an extremely good day off uh, off the pitch for us. You know, the biggest crowd ever. Down. 1,600, eh? Yeah, 1,600 people and I just said to someone else there, you know, when I first come here and the lads come here and Jason took over, they was getting 50, 35, 50 people. One of the supporters actually just come up to me and said he's been here, coming here since 19, uh, sorry, 2013, and he, he was here with gates of 30, 31. So the, the club's grown and got better and uh, a big occasion for us today. And on the pitch, we come up against a side that a professional outfit, and I thought the the golf was massive. Uh, in did you expect that? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. To be honest with you, I, I, I didn't. I don't want to tell the lads or anything like that. But yeah, they're a professional side. They train every day. They're well organised. They've got everything that we ain't. You know, we train for hour and a half on a Thursday night, and we've got to get everything in on a Thursday night. And if you've got one or two people that can't make it from work, that's even harder. You can't work on the little things that you want to work on. So. It's a massive golf, you know, and, and it's something that you want to strive to be. And I'm not disappointed one bit. That, the, listen, Jason, the manager's not here, and he must probably be well disappointed with me, but I'm not disappointed. I'll go away thinking we've done well, we've done all right. An early goal is probably what you said in the changing room. Yeah. Keep it tight as long as you can. Two minutes on, you're one nil down. The, the first goal was the most disappointing for me because I thought we... we they had a long throw and, um, as I said, Danny Waldron squeezed the centre forward and squeezed him well and he didn't get a flick on and Dan done his job. But Dan also called Callum to come round the back and clean it out. For some reason, I don't know whether Callum heard him or miscommunication, but Callum just stood there and allowed the, the, the other lad to run in behind, flick it over his head and run through and score. And it was just so disappointing. And then you're up against it after two minutes. So it's, it's extremely difficult, you know, so... You know, go a goal down against the top side uh, after two minutes, you're in for a tough afternoon. Yeah, I think you had, you, had, you, know, you had a few chances, but again, the quality they showed for, from that point of view. But, but it's been a fantastic run for the club, hasn't it? Oh, listen, you know, to, 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 if you would have said to me 
five, six weeks ago, Bill, you'd be playing at home in front of 1,600 people against Dagenham and Redbridge. I'd have laughed at you. I, I really would have said, to you, you're joking, that's a dream. That's a dream. And listen, uh, the dream come true. This was our cup final today, so, and we got beat. When you drew Dagenham and Redbridge, well, I said what I spoke to the guys before in the previous round, did you want the lowest team left in the competition or did you want, you know, a big side like Dagenham? Um, I, I don't you know. You can smell that first round, that's yeah, the problem, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Well, that's the disappointment. You, you're right on the fringe of um, going into the first round proper and, uh, yeah, perhaps if you drew, drew the lowest club, club, you'd have had a better chance. But the chances are that... Uh, you know, we're never going to win it. Dagenham are never going to win it. So it's just going as far as we can. This is as far as we've got. It's the furthest the club's ever been before in its history. And you're creating memories. Win at Dartford is an unbelievable result. We'll talk about that for for years, the win at Dartford. And I thought it also the, the you know, beating Binfield, side that was undefeated, come down here, you know, and we, we, we played really well and beat them. Um, all the rounds away to East Greenstead, we played really well. It's your seventh game, so it shows yeah. what you've done. I think you get to the final, we probably both play seven games. No, no, exactly. You know, um, I think you know the FA Cup's the same at the same four teams every year. It's normally West Ham, West Ham, <laughs> West Ham, and West Ham. I think you might be you were dreaming a bit there, Billy. <laughs> I dream all the time about West Ham, yeah. So, but um, no, it's it's one of uh, one of the big boys that normally win the FA Cup. Your Liverpool's, Chelsea's, and. Um, Arsenal and well, you, you made a mark on the competition this year oh having you guys down here for a start having you guys down here you know that's a dream as well you know talking to you people um, Radio Kent is you know we've never done that before the club's never done that before and so we're little beckon are now finally on the map and, and people take us a bit serious for once back to the bread and butter on Tuesday away at Hythe yeah. and again You've had a great league, winning the league last year, and you want to be competitive again this year. Yeah, we're competitive in the league. Uh, we'll go to Hive, and um, last year, every time we lost, we went on a run. Every single time, the three games we lost last year, we didn't get beat for the next ten. And I said to the boys just now, let's go on a run now, and, you know, this is what we're after. We want to finish as high as we can in the league. I know it's only October, but we want to give a good account of ourselves in this league and at the moment we're doing that and we want to keep it going and we want to go to Hive and put on a good display and hopefully get a victory. Well they didn't start another unbeaten run against Hive in the league on Tuesday but we'll talk about that shortly because they've got so much to be proud of with, with their FA Cup run and their start to the season and, and you know I liked it there when he said this was our FA Cup final and I've read a few reports saying that they were just just too good. Is, is that fair? Yeah, I, first of all, what I will say about Bagelham, what a great club. There's 1,600 people there, very friendly people. Um, you know, the information that was passed to me um, by Phil throughout the information was brilliant. They did really well. I did fear to them a little bit, to be honest, because when I'd seen them against Binfield, I thought, well, look good going forward. Defensively, they could have problems. And Dagenham's tactic... Um, was to put the ball behind the full-backs and it, and it just sort of worked and they were clinical in front of goal. And, you know, quality players like Josh Hare who can cross the ball in and then you've got, um, you know, Paul McCallum, who's, who's a, a bloody good striker. He's not going to miss those chances. So, uh, yeah, a fantastic day for the club. 1,600 there. Fantastic atmosphere. I, I think they enjoyed it. I think they probably deserved a goal at the end. They pushed on, but 
beaten by the better team, really. And I think, um, you know, in the interview said about that, I think, you know, they, did they believe they can get a result? Probably not. And going a goal down after two minutes probably, you know, ended the game as a contest. But fantastic um, run for them. And I think um, they've earned a lot of respect and hopefully earned a new few more fans as well. And a bit of respect for me. Fantastic, very friendly club. I think I read it was the biggest attendance in the county uh, on on Saturday as well, which is phenomenal. Because as he said there, you know, what was it seven or eight years ago they were getting crowds in the thirties, and now they're getting and now they get sixteen hundred quid. Yeah, right, it was a big game, but hopefully people would have enjoyed seeing the setup and think that's a good place to go. The atmosphere was cracking. They've got a nice little bar behind the goal that was busy. People were enjoying themselves. Kids were, you know, on the pitch sort of playing football afterwards. So yeah, all in all, fantastic. Um, and they've had a good start to the season apart, you know, the defeat of Hythe. Um, they've had a really good start to the season. They've got to carry that on now. Maybe there was a little bit of, um, you know, hangover from uh, Saturday, but they've just got to move on now and see where they go for. But really a fantastic, uh, a fantastic result for them. A fantastic, sorry, not fantastic, sorry, a fantastic season so far for them. And I'm sure they'll go on because they're run by very good people who, uh, who've got, a, you know, who enjoy working for the club and I think they've got a good basis to work with. Absolutely. And I'm so glad that it's, it's going well for Beckenham, especially after what happened at the back end of last season. Let's stick then uh, with the Eastman League South East and the game that was played on Wednesday night, where Corinthian finally end, earned their first win of the league season as they beat Seven Oaks Town 1-0 at Greatness Park. It's really annoying when you promise someone that they'll be on the show when they win and they do it just before the show is recorded. But I'm a man of my word. And after all the backslapping, the first person that Hoops Boss Michael Golding spoke to was me. So here he is. Yeah, brilliant result for the boys. I don't think many many people outside the changing room would have expected us to um, to come here and get a result tonight. So to do it in the manner that we did, it was back to the war at times, as you probably understand, expect with Seven Oaks are a very, very good side that I fully expect Harry to get these boys in the playoffs at the end of the season. So for us, uh, a very young, inexperienced team to come here and get a clean sheet and a win is unbelievable. As people know, we we talk a bit away from uh, away from the podcast. But you've been saying to me so often that clean sheet is is something that you've really really wanted. Obviously, you got one in the in the cup last week, and now you've backed back that up in the league. Yeah, I think when you look at our record of last year, and it's tough because we've we've got two completely different teams to last year, not just in personnel but in styles as well. Um, we we conceded thirty nine league goals last year, and we're we're probably nearly quite close to that already. So. Um, just just to get that clean sheet and, and Dan Coleman in goal he's, he's been getting better and better each week um, and that's all credit to, to Pete the goalie coach has worked absolute wonders with him uh, and Dan's got all the attributes, attributes to be very good um, but it was from the front tonight the, the, the back five headed everything they cleared everything relatively well um, and Seven Oaks put us under pressure um, but yeah the, the clean sheet just gives you that little bit of confidence and, and when you're a side that haven't got loads and loads of goals in you if we're going to be conceding one, two, three goals a game then then we haven't got much chance As a manager has this been your most challenging period? Yes next question <laughs> um, it, it, it's, it's been the hardest thing ever it's rebuilding I've said over, over pre-season it was quite fun speaking to loads of different players and different types of players but I think when it actually comes down to it, trying to get players over the line and get them signed and get them in was incredibly tough. 
Um, you then go on a, a, a terrible run at the start of the season and, and realistically, who wants to come and pay for a team at the bottom of the table, not earn any money with a bunch of kids that, that are trying to play levels above where they should actually be at at this stage. But I think, again, I go back to it tonight, like, if we can get every component right, then we will give ourselves half a chance of being competitive. How different is it for you having, you, you obviously had a, a great team that you'd moulded over, over several years and having all these new faces coming in and trying to get them to adapt to the Corinthian way of playing football? Yeah, and I, I said it slightly, well, I alluded to it earlier, it, it's also for me to try and change as well. We, we've certainly, we, we're playing the same formation as last year, but we've had to adapt how we play that formation. We had have, we have wing-backs last year that, that flew up and down the pitch and when we went and pressed all over the pitch and we were high and we were aggressive. And, and we've had to change that partly because we were leaking so many goals, but it just didn't suit this group of players. So that probably took us a little while to get used to. We were probably trying to put last year's tactics into this year's team. Um, and we probably, although you wouldn't have seen it tonight, we probably had to try and play a little bit more football. Um, we've, we've got young kids that don't want to be booming the ball 60 yards down the pitch. So I'm not saying that we're Man City by any stretch, but we've probably got, we're probably trying to pass it a little bit more than we have. So it, it's, it's been, it's been difficult because like I say, it's probably taken Paul and myself a little bit longer than what we wanted it to, to, to make the changes in terms of tactically. But, but yeah, I think it, it, it's been hard work, but I think ultimately it, it's been fun to a degree as much as not winning games of football can be fun. How was the atmosphere in the dressing room after the game? What were the, what were the scenes like at the final whistle? Yeah, I, I think the boys were obviously it's just good to get that monkey off your back. What you don't want to do is go seven oaks away Wednesday night, get the fee, and then you've got Ramsgate on Saturday, and all of a sudden you're ten games, one point, and and that doesn't look pretty, and it still doesn't look pretty. Um, we're, we're we've certainly not achieved anything tonight, but. But just getting rid of that monkey off your back, just getting that first win, and we've been close on a couple of occasions, and we've been a million miles away on a few others. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's just good, and the boys are pleased, and I think you could just see the lift out of everyone at the end. And hopefully now, Saturday is going to be an incredibly tough game against a great Ramsgate side again that should be up in getting promoted. Um, but you never know with this young bunch of players. We, we've got half a chance if we can go there and be organised and execute our game plan and, and hopefully recover well enough Thursday, Friday, then then we'll see what we can do on Saturday. It's about belief, isn't it? It's, it's such a big thing. And, and now now you've won a game, even if you do lose on Saturday, I think you'll still be able to bounce back from, from that because you've won a game. Yeah, I think so. It's massive getting that first win. Normally, on a normal season, winning one league game doesn't really matter. It's what you do over the course of the season. But I actually think this season, that getting that first win, and we've said it on a few occasions, like we've put together 35 minutes away at Chatham. First 35 minutes, we were unbelievable. Um, Chatham then got the goal, late goal, and it's kind of a bit of a killer. And I think what we've done this year is we've looked good against Burgess Hill last Saturday. We were very, very good, again, for 35 minutes. We didn't score when we were on top, and then we started to get a bit jittery. And then when you score tonight, all of a sudden you get that little bit of a lift. And we've only scored five league goals in nine games, so we're not scoring loads. So when you've got something to hold on to, it just gives the boys that extra little spring in their step. So, so yeah, the boys are pleased. And like I say, Saturday, I hate, I hate the terminology and it probably is a little bit of a free hit for us. But, but I, I believe that we can go in and win every single game of football that we play this season. So we certainly won't be going in there just to throw in the towel. And I suppose just finally, you know, it's, it's brilliant for, for you. Uh, and as a manager, you must be going home tonight. And, and I'm guessing, I don't know if you've got a cap, but it won't be getting kicked for a change. 
uh, yeah, the cat and the wife won't be getting kicked tonight. That's for sure. I can. Our, um, we we don't have many. We had a few supporters here tonight, and there was a few comments about it. it was nice to see smiles after games, and it, it, it's been horrendous. It's been an absolutely horrible couple of months, and there's times where you go away and question, "Am I still the right person?" and can this group of players step up to it? And I've got complete belief in this group of players that if we get every aspect of our game right, more often than not, then we can be competitive. But but not winning games. We, we've won loads of games, as you know, over the last three, four years. We, we've won game after game. Um, and last year was different because you don't come up to this level as, as Sheppey are finding out. And Sheppey are a great side, again, that I expect to be up there. But you don't often come up and win all those games. So then this year to just not win any games, it's absolutely horrendous. And it, it spoils your Saturday night, it spoils your weekends, you're then rolling into training and you've got a young team and you want to scream and shout at them and you want it to be the worst thing in the world. But actually, that's probably not right for this team. So you're trying to build them up without trying to pick out ridiculous positives. We're trying to pick stuff from each game that we've done well to take in the next game. So, so yeah, a long answer. But yeah, the Cats certainly won't be getting kicked tonight for sure. You've got to be delighted for him. Obviously, a disappointing result for Seven Oaks at home, bit of a local derby. They've got knocked out of the cup. But the focus has to be on Corinthian, and, and that is going to do wonders for them, isn't it? That that win and that clean sheet. Oh, I think, yeah, it was, you know, we'll go to talk about Seven Oaks for a quick second, how disappointed they would be. I think the match, only their sixth league game of the season, the manager said beforehand, you know, it's no good. Doing a good performance against uh, Epsilon, then losing the home to Corinthians, and they have lost home to Corinthians. So um, their form hasn't really got going. Maybe they're out of the cups, they can concentrate on them. But I think, as, as, he might, as Michael said, he expects them to get to the playoffs. And I think, you know, they could do with a few league games now, get into this bit of that. Back to Corinthians, yeah, a very good result for them. He said, back to the Wolves. Um, quite interesting what he says about that, of how they've had to readjust. Same formation, but maybe same formation, but different players can't play it. Maybe they got a little bit exposed in certain things. We said we were playing a little bit too high on the press, conceding goals, but they've gone there and picked up a, a very good result. Sounds like back to the wall stuff, but maybe you earn your luck over over the, the previous eight league games they've got and they've picked up a result. And now, as you say, you said you got Ramsgate on Saturday. It'll be a tough game, but you've got to build on that. I think the most important thing for them is that they've just got to try and move up that league. Um, but a win is a win. And as he said there before, you know, as we knew from back to my day with things, just the last season, you know, it took us X amount of games to win the first game of the season. And, and it was a great feeling when they've done it. Now they've got to follow it through. But that will give the youngsters a bit of confidence and also probably give Michael a bit of confidence as well, because he clearly says that he's been going for a tough spell because... It must be difficult, all the success you've had over the last few years and then losing games and you start to question yourself. And um, As he said there, other people are questioning him. So that's, that's a great result now and now they've got to build it. Yeah, I think, as I said to him there, you know, that the hard thing has been that he obviously had that amazing team that was experienced. They all, they were mates, you know, they all worked really hard to get to where they wanted to be. And then after that, you know, to, to lose all of those players, bar two, I think it is, is so difficult, and and as you said, he's had to change so much. And I'm got, I'm guessing that he has learned a lot more about him as a manager and and the the rest of his coaching team, I suppose, that than he than he did last season. I mean, and you know, let's not take anything away from them. They did fantastically last season to come up into this league, and they changed the way they played. They changed the shape of foot. They changed their formation, and they managed to finish mid table. A brilliant achievement. But now this year. 
and I would say if he can get that team up to what 14th, 15th, and, and avoid relegation, that would be a better achievement than finishing eighth last season, Matt. I think with a new team, um, I think again the most important thing is that the young players learn from the experience they've got in there. I, I, even though I'm not speaking, I think I think if, if they can avoid relegation, John, from the start they've had, that would be a fantastic season for them as well. So um, it's just got to build on that. Um, there will be some ups and there will be some downs, and as he said, doesn't like to say it, it's likely to be a free hit against Ramsgate on Saturday, but at least they'll go into it with a little bit of confidence and. See if they can go from there. But yeah, we've seen some of their players move on to bigger and better things. And I'm sure he will be looking to um, making sure that the new set of players can do that and, and go from there. But yeah, it must be difficult building a side every single season each time doing it. But And with you know the financial constraints they've got, they haven't got any, it um, must be even harder. But I'm pleased for him as well, because the most important thing is, you know, he doesn't lose heart. Yeah, and I think it was interesting he said there, you know, no, when you're bottom of the league, no one wants to come and play for you. And, and you know, if they were fifth, sixth, seventh on the outskirts of play, there'd be players who aren't getting a game elsewhere who'd think, well, do you know what? I'll go and get involved in that. It's a winning team. Let's have a bit of it. But when you're bottom of the league, it's, it's very, very difficult. And, and you know, as I say, uh, delighted for, for him and delighted um, for all of his players. Uh, disappointing result for Seven Oaks, but well done uh, to Corinthian. Uh, the other results in the Eastman League South East over the weekend, Ashford beat Cray Valley 1-0, uh, Chichester beat Hyde by the same score, uh, Corinthian lost to Burgess Hill by a goal to nil, lots of 1-0s there, that's no good. Uh, Ramsgate with 3-1 winners at East Grinstead, uh, it was Haywards Heath 2, Chatham 2, uh, Sittingbourne beaten 2-1 at Three Bridges, VCD Athletic, Sheppey United 2-1. And then on Tuesday night, it was Chatham 3, VC Athletic nil, Hive Town 3, Beckenham nil. Uh, oh, John, as I mentioned about the Beckenham game, I was um, talking throughout the game, because I'm very friendly there, to Johan Kenny Brian's dad, who was watching the Beckenham game. And we were talking about him. Hive were down at Chichester, they lost 1 0. And I was talking to him, because he, he told me he used to be a player and he used to play for Gravesend as they were, and with Steve Portway, Mickey Cotter. Who was um, an old Dover hero of mine? So I was talking to him. So first of all, I give him a shout out because he was a top man, and talk. And I said I would give his son a bit of a big up. So Johan Kenny Brown, Brian, he scored for Hyde's first goal against Beckenham, and he said that he's had a good start to the season. Um, his dad said, and he's got a good manager in Steve Watt, and hopefully he can um, carry on scoring goals. I think it must be his seventh goal of the season. So. Um, we said I'd look out for him for the rest of the season, but um, I didn't actually get his name. But Mr. Kenny Bryan, uh, nice to meet you on the game on on uh, Saturday. And uh, maybe our player to watch out this year will be uh, Johan Kenny Bryan, um, John, to see uh, how he gets on. Absolutely. Uh, I did miss one result from uh, Saturday's fixtures, and that was Faversham's 3-1 defeat at home to Lansing, a result that left the fab- that left the Lily Whites next to bottom in the table. And on Monday, it was announced that their managers, uh, John Embry and Jermaine Darlington had left the club. Uh, they didn't waste any time uh, in getting a new manager in. I put in former Maidstone under 23 boss Simon Austin as their replacement. Early on today, I spoke to Simon. I started by asking him about the opportunity at Faversham. Absolutely, yeah. Um, when the chairman got in touch a few days ago um, and informed me of the project that they've got going on there, what his expectations are for, for the club and, and the first team, I was sold straight away. Um, I think with what myself and the management team bring, it was an ideal match and uh, it didn't take very long to, to negotiate and get everything free. So, yeah, really looking forward to it. 
So, so the, the, the club contacted you then. It was that they, they obviously wanted you to, to be the new man. Obviously, the, the, the headline is that you're near the bottom of the, of the league table, and I'm guessing the first thing you want to do is is arrest that that slide and, and start looking up the top. What is it about Faversham that's, that's really sort of sold you the, the, the project? It's been tough, hasn't it? Because uh, Ray Turner was at Faversham for so long, and since then there's been so much chopping and changing. So I guess one thing you'll be keen to do is is have a bit of consistency and be there for a while. Yeah, absolutely, and that's what was sold to me. This is a long term commitment. Obviously, I think what's changed within the club is a new chairman's coming. I think that's made a massive difference to the club now. It's, it's changed physically, uh, the appearance of the ground, um, what, what they're trying to do there on and off the pitch has changed. I think now it's our responsibility long-term to come in, get them out of the situation they're currently in, and then work with the club on the long-term back, and that includes stability. Obviously, you brought with you uh, quite a few members of backroom staff, obviously people that you've worked with before and trust a lot. Yeah, I've got more staff than players at the minute, John. <laughs> um, but yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, I've worked hard to, to bring the management team in because we absolutely complement each other. It's not me, not them in this team. say you got a lot of injuries and everything like that what's the first thing you're going to do is a, a bit of getting back to basics to try and get back on form yeah absolutely I think we've got uh, we've got to make ourselves solid um, but uh, 
obviously with, with your previous job was, was with the youth team at Maidstone so we'll be expecting to see some younger players coming into the team as well And just finally, ask this to every new manager who comes in: if there's any Faversham fans listening, which I hope they are, what can they expect from from your team? on his way Matt to the to the game at Ramsgate which they won 2-1 in the Velocity Trophy uh, incidentally so that's why the signal was a little bit patchy at times with that I hope it all came out okay um, but an interesting appointment and we, he's, he's managed before but it's one of those again who's not one of the same old faces that we're seeing reappear and, and he sounds like he's got big ambitions for his time at Faversham Yeah I think he did a decent job I, I don't know if he lost mate, left Mainstone I think you know Mainstone under 23 I think um, he did a decent job there but Sort of, I don't know when he left, about this time a year ago, wasn't it? Whatever he moved on or whatever it was from there. Um, clearly uh, rated, um, clearly could have taken the job in the summer from what he said, but it wasn't there. But he's gone in now. Steve Hefner, uh, I remember him at Margaret Hefner, he's gone in as assistant. So, yeah, as you mentioned there, Faversham, they used to be the, the side in the Eastern South East Division for many years under Ray Turner, Clive Walker. Uh, involved with it. it hasn't really worked out for them he's going in there he doesn't make, again interestingly he's looking to bring players in um, I would have thought that a lot of the play, people that he's worked with before um, at Mason under 23s may get a chance at this level of football so it'll be interesting to see how they get on I mean, I'm thinking it hasn't really worked out for John Embry and Jermaine Darlington will some of those players be moved on pretty damn quick I would have thought maybe to bring his runs in, but interesting times and in, in what he said there, that he thinks that Faversham, again, magical word in football project is, is something there, but he's going to go in, but a side that should be at the higher end of the Eastman um, South East Division, probably since we've been doing this pod, John, Faversham have been pretty hopeless, haven't they? I think if I remember rightly, they had um, 
just as we were starting the sh- this show, Ray Turner was coming to the end of his time there. And, you know, he was Mr. Faversham. He'd been there for years. It had them, I would say, when he had them in the playoff final, they were probably just ever so slightly punching above their weight yeah. with the crowds they were getting and everything like that. But since then, there's been so many comings and goings, hasn't there? They've had, I think they've had two lots of joint managers since we've been there. Obviously, they lost James Collins in the summer. And it was interesting that Simon said there, you know, I, I was, they spoke to me in the summer and it just didn't happen for whatever reason. But now the time is right. And it was very interesting as well when he said, if my backroom staff weren't available, I wouldn't have taken it. So it's a project that he believes in because, as he said, I'm in no rush to come back to it. You know, so I could wait. It's not a problem for me. I can I can hang fire and and just go from there. So he obviously believes in something. And, you know, he says he's going to bring some players in. But what a start tonight to go and win. Even even if it wasn't a full strength for Ramsgate, sorry, they had some good players out tonight. But he's, he's gone there. The Dalfrey's been appointed and he's got a result. And that, that's going to set them in good stead, isn't it? I, I, I think it is. And again, you know, not at the right time. I think if a, if a club like Faversham wants you to be the manager, um, you're based in Kent, it's a, it's a good job. They've got a good, decent ground, um, good catchment area for supporters. Um, I think it's a it, it's a good club. And, and I think if... if if you want to succeed, it's a good start club to start with. He's done the under-23, so clearly he's got a basis of youth football and probably the best players in the area. Um, and I think that's a chance for him to, to put a marker down to see where he, he can move on to. Um, but yeah, it's, it's an he's got to move him up the league. And straight away, you know, you don't get that kind of job if the t- that team's doing well. So good luck to him. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how they go on. Great result in the, um, the cup today. Um, so which must be a good start. Maybe he got his message on to the players. The new manager bounce definitely worked. Yes, absolutely. And it'll be interesting to see how they go. Um, obviously, they are bottom, joint bottom of the table with Corinthian both on four points. Uh, but they will both be looking to, to to build on that. And obviously, we want to see all the teams from Sussex uh, who are above them, like Burgess Hill, uh, Lansing, Littlehampton, Three Bridges. We want you to start plummeting down the table and our boys to keep coming up. So that would be uh, absolutely great. This weekend in the Eastman League South East, it's Beckenham against Three Bridges. Uh, Faversham go to Burgess Hill. Uh, Chatham are at home to Chichester. It's Cray Valley against Haywards Heath. Hythe Town take on Ashford United. It's Lancet against VCD. Ramsgate are home to Corinthian, as we've already heard. It's Sheppey United against Seven Oaks Town. Sittingbourne host Littlehampton. Uh, and then a midweek, Ashford United in action again on Tuesday night as they take on Three Bridges. Uh, let's move on quickly up to the Isthmian League Premier Division, uh, where Cray Wanderers are in action tonight as well. Uh, a 4-0 win for Neil Smith's side. Uh, a hat-trick from Ben Crowhouse. And Cray Wanderers ben Crowhouse well. played against Dover last season in the trophy for the first game when um, probably beat Dover in December, the early rounds when they played a lot of the reserves. Good player, Ben Crowhouse. I, thought, I think he might have got the winner what was deflected him. But I think he, he, uh, he was a name to watch out for him. Clearly, Bromley have high regard for him and sending him out on loan, but he's a good player. So, scoring a hat-trick today, perfect person to learn the game under Neil Smith. But I think Bromley have got high hopes for him. So, Bromley have got a good sort of youth policy, as we've seen from Sablier and people like that. And they're loaning those players out to get a bit of experience at this level. So, Ben Krause, a name to watch out for over the years, I think. Yes, and that 4-0 win has moved Cray Wanderers up to fourth place in the table. So that's a great result uh, for them. Uh, on Tuesday night, folks in Victor bounced back from their FA Cup disappointment with a 4-0 win of their own. Uh, Corinthian Casuals are hat-tricking that one as well for Adi Youssef. 
Uh, and a big week for folks of it as well, because Paul Morgan, uh, the chairman, has announced that he stepped down. That came out just after the defeat on Saturday. So he, what, he just made the decision a few weeks ago uh, that the time was there. It was, it was, I don't know if you've read the statement, Matt, but it was quite heartfelt. He said, you know, I, I wanted to get this club promoted and I haven't been able to do it. And that's why I'm stepping away. And, and you know, I think folks have done a fantastic job over the last few seasons. And, and we had Paul on the show around the time of the, at the start of the pandemic as well. And, and you know, really nice bloke, really passionate about the club and, and a shame to see him decide that he's taken folks as far as he can. Yeah, it was interesting because the club put a statement out as well. I don't know if you've seen that about saying that they wanted a meeting with Paul and it was a bit of a shock for them. But we know, and now they're looking for more investment going in. Hopefully it's not going to cause Folkestone some problems, but he's made his mind up, uh, moved it on. I presume he would love to get to the first round, but uh, the announcement came after that. So, uh, we'll keep an eye on the story there. Hopefully, folks will be all right. But he's done it. When, you, when I've been to folks over the last year or so, you go there, the ground is really, you know, excellent, excellent bar facilities. And he, he played a major role in that. But maybe he wants to get up with other things in his life. But, yeah, folks will, be, will um, be disappointed, but very grateful for what he's done to the club over his, his spell in charge. Yeah, on Saturday, Herne Bay were beaten 2-1 at Bognor Regis. Uh, it was Margate 2, Canby Island 0, and Potters Bar 1, Cray Wanderers 1. Herne Bay was supposed to be in action uh, at home to Billericay on Tuesday night, but that game was postponed due to a couple of pillocks who decided to climb up the Dartford crossing. Uh, fixtures on Saturday in the Isthmian League Premier Division. Cray Wanderers are at home to Enfield. Herne Bay take on Hastings, obviously they played last season. Uh, Folkestone head to Kingstonian. And oh, I wish I wasn't working because Margate are away to Lewis. I'd have been at that one. In a heartbeat, Matt Jard. Folks and then uh, in action again on Monday night as they take on Carl Shorten. Uh, let's move on then to the Southern Counties East League. We've already spoken uh, to the new manager at Faversham Town. Well, we're not going to speak to the new manager at Whitstable Town, but we're going to speak to his right-hand man instead. Uh, Whitstable Town manager Richard Stiles announced on Twitter over the weekend that he had resigned uh, after saying that the club and him did not did no longer share the same vision. Uh, his assistant Dan Morin left with him as well. Uh, a disappointing start to the season for, for Whitstable. Uh, they were beaten by Stansfeld in the Kent Senior Trophy as well at the weekend. Uh, and it, oh, it just didn't work out for Richard Stiles. Uh, the job, obviously, at Whitstable Club with potential is an appealing one. And the man who's got the job is Marcel Nemani, the former Sheppey United uh, assistant coach, who did a great job, uh, really nice bloke as well, really infectious personality. I uh, got in touch with him and said to him, would he, would he be up for being on the show? And he said he's very busy, uh, got lots going on. But he did put forward uh, his assistant head coach, Craig Coles, who's also uh, left Sheppey United to move to Whitstable. And I started by asking Craig about what made him decide to go to Whitstable. Yeah, I'm really excited. Um, obviously, I worked with him before. At Sheppey last year, um, he was the one that, that brought me into the club. Um, so, yeah, really excited to, to be back alongside working with him. Was it an easy decision for you to, to follow him to Whitstable? Um, it, it, it was, but it, it was difficult at the same time because obviously being at Sheppey last year and obviously achieving what, what we achieved um, and um, not wanting to to leave Jack, not on his own, but um, like I did a fair bit of the coaching at, at Sheffy. Um, and um, yeah, it was hard in that sense because I didn't want to leave him and then him potentially end up being short, which um, obviously hopefully isn't the case or won't be the case for him because I'm sure he would have got somebody else in or will get some other people in. Um, but obviously from, from my point of view, obviously having the opportunity to work with Marcel again, um, and then for me personally, going back to a club that I played for um, as a youngster was a bit of a um, bit of a no-brainer for me. 
I mean, Marcel is, is such an infectious personality, isn't he? I, I can see why people would want to work with him. And I guess you, you, you know that full well. And, and I guess it's, it's exciting times. Yeah, no, really exciting. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great opportunity for both of us. Um, obviously, I was sort of saying it to him before in terms of, although he wasn't the manager at Sheffield last year, um, he did a lot of the um, a lot of the managing in terms of the managing of players, um, staff, etc., etc. That doesn't take anything away from anything away from Ernie, because um, Ernie was instrumental in um, in supporting, helping and putting the team together to win the league and the Cups as we did last year. Um, but for me, um, Marshall's more than got the capabilities of being a being a very, very good manager. So um, hopefully it, it's, a, um, it's a long period of time that he gets at the club um, and hopefully it'll be a onwards and upwards journey. Yeah, we've still seen Whitstable. Uh, I suppose there was a lot of excitement, pitch going down at the start of the season, but it hasn't really worked out for them on the pitch. Uh, I'm guessing you've already met the players. Is it is it a case of they just need a, a, a fresh fresh pair of eyes on it, or or is it just you know you're gonna have to come in and and, and do a bit of work? Um, obviously, we met the players last night. So the first training session um, myself and Marcel did was was yesterday evening. Um, so obviously, met all the players then. Um, obviously, really good to meet all the boys and see what they're like. Um, Marcel has been to a couple of the games and he has spoke obviously prior to him going in um, just to sort of have a little bit more watch I think um, and yeah I mean don't get me wrong there's there's some things we will be changing um, and um, hopefully the performances will sort of and the yeah the performances and the way we play on the pitch will will change um, potentially quite drastically from, from what I've heard um, but obviously again that'll be a case of waiting and seeing how we get on and how the boys react to uh, to us coming in, um, and then it will also probably be a factor of us looking to to bring in some of our own players as well, um, if we can. There is massive potential, which wasn't. It? I mean, it, it is uh, an Eastman League standard club, isn't it? Oh, hundred percent. Oh, for me, the, the club belongs without a shadow of a doubt in in the Eastman, um, whether that's step four or eventually progressing. Progression up to the step up to step three. Um, the, the fan base of the club, is, the club has always been very, very good. I mean, you've only got to look now. Like I've been keeping on it the last couple of weeks, but they've had sort of like three hundred to four hundred fans there um, most home games. And you think even with the results going the way they have, um, the, the fan base there is is fantastic, and it is is probably a little bit of a sleeping giant in terms of. Um, getting the right people in, playing the right way, obviously getting the right players in as well, um, and then obviously building on from that, and hopefully it'll, it'll snowball and we can we can try and work our way back up. Is it going to be a, a case of this season you want to try and just get up as, as high as you can? Because obviously everything Belvedere are, are a long way clear at the top already, but after that, it, it's pretty close, despite the fact which will have had the best start. Yeah, no, obviously they haven't had the, best, the, the greatest start so far this year. Um, Obviously, looking at looking at the wins they've had, they've had I think they've won all but one of their away games. Uh, but obviously, they've lost um, all but one of their home games. So um, it's obviously been a very mixed start for them. Um, obviously, not the not the start that they were looking for. But I will freely admit that obviously, Eros and Belvedere have been fantastic so far this season, um, and have 
have probably done a little bit of what sort of Chatham and Sheffield did last year in terms of going on a on an unbeaten run where they're where they're winning most weeks. Um, obviously, we played them in a couple of weeks' time, so it'll be nice to to try and put a stop to that. Um, and yeah, I think I think the biggest thing for myself and Marcel is. We need. We probably need a couple of weeks to, to sort of settle the squad, get to know the players, um, put our stamp on things, um, and then hopefully, after a few weeks have gone, we can then start pushing pushing back up the league. And as you say, the aim will be to try and finish as far as we possibly can. Um, whether that's in a playoffs, whether that's fourth, fifth, sixth, um, we'll wait and see come the end of the season. But our, our plan is to try and um, to try and sort of get as, as high up the, the, uh, the table as possible. A, a tricky little game at Stansfeld first up as well. They've had a, a great start to the season, haven't they? Oh, they, they've, they've been absolutely fantastic. Um, obviously, Pirot is um, right-hand promoted last year, is that right? Yep. Yeah, they were, weren't they? Um, so, yeah, obviously, coming to, um, into step five, hit the ground running. Um, I mean, like you say, you've only got to look at the result on, on Saturday when they beat Wigstore home. Um, and a couple of other results they've had against big teams um, in the in the league already this season. So yeah, it's going to be tough going away to them. Um, uh, but obviously we've got to, got to try and start with a win if we can. Um, make sure at least that we don't lose the first game for me personally. Um, so we'll um, we'll see how um, how it goes on Saturday. You mentioned about possibly bringing in some of your own players. Will that be something that will happen immediately or, or will it be for a little bit? And, and how hard is it to sort of gel players together in the middle of the season? Yeah, no, it's always difficult to, to, to gel players in. I do think when you create the right environment, um, players that come in or players that potentially leave, it it doesn't really disrupt the squad per se. Um Again, you've only got to look at sort of what we did last year at Sheffield in terms of we brought in a couple of players partway through the season. Um, and to be fair to some of them, they probably made a little, the, probably made the difference. To be honest, um, I mean Dino is probably the, the prime example. Obviously, came in had a had a big effect on the squad. Um, great person to have a squad uh, around the squad. Sorry as well. Um, obviously, got the winning goal in the tenth cup final. I think it was. Um, so yeah, I mean. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, it will be difficult to get players in midway through the season. Um, but it's, it's something that we feel that we, we will have to do um, sort of to try and get our stamp on um, how we want the, uh, the club to move forward and how we want the club to play. So, um, yeah, whether that happens this week or not, I'm not sure. Uh, but like I said, sort of over the next sort of two, three, four weeks, we'd like to hope that we can start to create our own squad. Obviously a word for Sheppey, you, you obviously had a great time there and, and fantastic results, a fantastic campaign last season and uh, made a, a, an alright start in, in the Eastman League as well. So I guess you really enjoyed your time there. Oh yeah, I can't, I can't say nothing but positive things about them. Um, obviously that's uh, Matt and Gary, the chairmen, um, both of them have been absolutely fantastic with me ever since I've gone in. Um, obviously I've had a very, very good relationship with Mids. Um Obviously, sad to leave him. Um, but obviously, I can, for me personally, I can turn down the opportunity to go to Wixtable. Um But yeah, I mean, the boys there have been fantastic. Last year was was an unbelievable achievement, and to to be a small part of that, um, and to go in and support Marcel and Ernie in um, winning the quadruple in the end, um, it was a massive achievement achievement for the club. So 
um, yeah, I, I can't wish them anything but success in the future um, and hope that the performances that they've put in of late, they um, they can start to, to get the results uh, and the, the points on the board because um, the performances have been there. It's just been a little bit unfortunate with um, with some of the um, some of the results they've ended up getting. So yeah. And just finally, if there's any Whitstable fans listening, what can they expect from from Marcel and Craig's uh, new, new look Whitstable Town? Um, I think the biggest thing for us is, and I, I said this to the board on on Tuesday. The biggest thing for me is we want the fans to come to the games and want to come to it. We don't want them to feel like it's a chore if they wake up in the morning and go, "Do I really want to go to Whitstable today? Do I really want to go and watch them?" Um, uh, we want to have that. We want to put that feeling in them, in them of they wake up on a Saturday and they go, I'm, I'm looking forward to today's game. Like, I really want to go and watch them. So um, I, I think the way we will look to play will, will hopefully excite the fans. Um, obviously, you'll put, by the sounds of things and how the boys have sort of been looking at playing and trying to play um, since the start of the season, it will look a little bit different. Uh, but yeah, obviously, it's going to be hopefully some some attacking football but also um, a solid shape and hopefully bringing in our, our, our own style of play will um, we'll turn the table and we'll be able to start getting some results on the board Interesting chat that one Matt and for him to go from, from Sheppey where he's obviously very happy to, to go to Whitsport I think there's a real draw of Marcel in there and I think that that's a very very shrewd appointment from Whitsport to bring in a man who as Craig said there, he wasn't the main man at, at Sheppey last year, but he played a big part in, the, in their huge success. And and I think, you know, we kind of had a conversation with, with other people as well, saying there must have been a few managers pretty twitchy, knowing that Marcel was out there and out of work. And here he is. He's in a Whitstable town. And I think that's a, a really forward-thinking appointment from them. Yeah. First of all, for Richard Styles, you know, I tipped him to... To win the league this season, um, we had Richards on the show numerous times for his various roles. I feel a bit sorry for him. Clearly, uh, the results haven't been good away from home. They've been good, but the new ground, as he said in there, they get decent cra- decent crowds. Um, hasn't really worked out at home. Clearly, this seems like it might have been in the pipeline for a while. From what you reading between that lines in the interview, do you think? Well, I think so. I, th- I think I don't know if definitely that was the case, but I'm. There must have been a conversation from Marcel to, to Craig saying, you know, at some point I'm hopeful I'm going to get a job uh, and would you like to come with me? But, yeah. you know, for, for for Craig to, you know, to to say that, and he, you know, he had nothing but praise for Sheppey United and hopes that everything works out well for them, I think, as we all do. But obviously, you know, Marcel is is a very, very popular person at, that, at, at Sheppey United. I, mean, I was around there when they won the Kent Senior Trophy last year. And, you know, the positivity t- towards him, the warmth from those players. So, He's obviously someone who people are going to want to play for. And I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, they're, they're talking about bringing new players in. It's going to be very interesting to see who those players are and what sort of calibre of player Marcel can attract to Whitstable Town. Yeah, I, I, I'm reading between the lines again, John. I'm doing a lot of this at the show this evening. Maybe some players from Sheffield will end up at Whitstable. Um, because when we had um, Jack Vincent on the show last week, he sort of said about bringing new players in and getting his team Maybe that's could work in their favour that players can come from Sheppey who they've worked with before. But as we said, if you said Faversham's a big club, Whitstable are a big club as well. It should nowhere near be in the scaffold. Um, 
it's a challenge for them. It's going to be tough, I would have thought, this season to get promoted, but they can maybe put in the building blocks for them to move forward and maybe have a bit of a feel-good factor at the club because if you're a regular at the Belmont, as he said there, you know, you haven't really um, had much to, to chat about over the last year to 18 months. You haven't won many games and you've seen your club, you know, normally good middle table, middle of the side table in the league above, really struggling in um, in the division and now, you know, not doing particularly well in the in the scaffold. So, yeah, I think it's a good appointment. As you say, there's some very good young up-and-coming coaches and managers around in this area. Um and Whitstable will have reacted, I feel, for Richard a little bit. Um, but they've reacted, moved him in. And it'll be interesting to see how Marcel goes. As he said there, did a lot of work behind the scenes last year for Sheppey. And we did what Sheppey did. Now they've got to replicate that at Whitstable. And they've got to turn around a club that, unfortunately, is used, loose, used to losing. Um, and uh, sometimes that's easier said than done. But I'm sure um, with an influx of new players who know how they work and how they manage, um, they should, you know, move that in the right direction sooner rather than later. I mean, what I would say, and, and we talked about Irith and Belvedere in that, Irith and Belvedere are 18 points in front of Whitstable. OK, might be a big stretch to catch that up. And they do actually play, it's Whitstable against Irith and Belvedere a week on Saturday, uh, as Craig alluded to in that interview. But despite the fact that Whitstable haven't had a great start, they haven't drawn a league game, they've lost six league games. They're only seven points off second, which is a playoff place. So the the season isn't over for Whitstable Town. It might it's going to be a challenge. Of course, it's going to be a challenge. But you know, I, I think it's I think they're in a good they're in good shape. I think, and you know that they've I suppose in a way they've acted with plenty of time left to go. We're not anywhere near halfway through the season. And if they feel if if it was felt by both parties that things weren't going in the right direction, then it makes absolute sense to me that they that, that they brought in someone who. I think we'll be able to go in and galvanise that team. It, it may not work straight away. They might they may find it as they try to change the, the way they want to play football and they try to bed in new players. It may not be an, an instant thing, but we saw how good Sheppey United were last season. If they can go on, a, if Whitsburg can go on a run like Sheppey did, then there's no reason why they can't bother that top three or four, is there? No, well, particularly as I tip them to do well this season. Will it? Um, they used to put a lot of players in from Tunbridge, like Tunbridge Wells, didn't they? Um, hasn't really worked out. Matt, I'd be interested in Matt Gethin, who scores a lot of their goals. Will he stay? Um, yeah, a big club in that area. They can get on a run. I'm sure they know, the managerial team, how to win matches at this level. It might not be pretty, but you know how to do it. And if you can win matches, people will come back and they, they can be, get as crowds, you know, on a par with Sheppey and people with things like that, if they start winning matches, it's a tough challenge for them. And he, you know, they're going out on their own, but clearly they did a lot of work at Sheppey. Now, I'm not taking any any way from away from early, did he? Was the sort of figurehead, but these guys did the coaching, they've got a chance. I'm absolutely sure of that. Hey, I'm going to move on from this now, but I'm going to ask you a question, Matt. We've heard from the new Fabrician manager, we've heard from the new Whitstable manager. If on Monday morning someone had phoned you up, and said, I'm the Whitswell chairman. And then five minutes later, someone phoned you up and said, I'm the Faversham chairman. And they'd both offered you the job. Which one would you have taken? Whitswell. Well, sh- what, what, show me your workings. Oh, I just think Whitswell. Um, are they a bigger club than Faversham? In my eyes, they probably are. Faversham, as you said earlier, overachieved a little bit. I think Fav- Whitswell, you've got a bit of a blank canvas there because. 
know there'll be pressure for you to get promoted, but I, I think Favre should be successful. He's probably, you know, a good season is them finishing mid-table in uh, the Eastern Division. For Whitstable, in this current moment of time, you've got to get them promoted. And if you get them promoted, you're going to get a feel-good factor around the club, which you can take forward. So, for me, uh, um, nobody's ever going to come looking for me. I would say that Faversham is a sorry, Whitstable is a, is a better job at this current moment in time. And um, even I think they're both good jobs, but I think Whitstable, if you can get them going and get them promoted, I think they can probably rise a little bit higher. I think that that's possibly very good workings out. Uh, only a couple of games in the Scaffold Premier Division this week, uh, both on Tuesday night. Punjab United won Phoenix Sports 2 and it was Sutton Athletic 0. Irith and Belvedere 3. It was the Kent Senior Trophy uh, for the rest of them at the weekend. It finished Canterbury 1, Tunbridge Wells 2, Croydon 0, Glebe 3, Deal Town 5, K Sports 1. Irith Town put 7 past Moody and VP. It was Fisher 1, Beersted 1, Beersted 1 that won 4-3 on penalties. Homesdale 1-0 winners at Greenways. Rustall 1-0 winners at Kings Hill. Kennington were 3-0 victors in their game at Larkfield and New Hive. Also a 3-0 win for Irith and Belvedere away to Lordswood. Snodland beat Rochester United 5-1. It was Sutton Athletic 3, Lewisham Borough 3, a 7-6 penalty win. Uh, that one uh, for Lewisham and Whitstable beat 1-0 at home by Stansfeld. In the first division, it was AFC Whiteleaf 0, uh, Forest Hill Park 0, Tootingbeck 0, Brydon Ropes 1. Uh, that's it for the league games. Oh, there's also a Kentian Cup game on Tuesday night as well. Beg my beg my pardon. Uh, Hollands and Blair beat Lidtown 4-0. Uh, revenge, I suppose, of sorts uh, for that FA Vars upset. Talking of the FA Vars, it's almost as if I could have planned that. It is the FA Vars this weekend. Mm. Uh, I didn't realise our... that. I'm yes. Just, I, I'm yeah, I didn't realise to look to the fixtures. Yeah, it's, I suppose it's, it's around again, around about that time, isn't it? So, Absolutely. a couple of weeks in league, yeah. Yeah, so uh, on Saturday, it's the first round proper of the FA Vars. Phoenix Sports. Does that mean everybody then? No, there's still some more to come in. I think uh, Tunbridge Wells have still got to go in it. Yeah. Uh, Stansfeld and I think right. Glebe as well. I think they'll be in, in the next round. So I think they'll find out on Monday uh, their opponents for the next round. But uh, Phoenix Sports travel to AFC Portchester. Fisher go to AFC Stoneham. Deal Town at home to Tooting Beck. Irith Town hosts Crawley Down Gatwick. Uh, Beersted have the lovely trip to Jersey to face Jersey Bulls. Kennington take on Blackfield and Langley. Blackfield and New High, they're home to Edgware and Kingsbury. Lidtown, as I said, beat Hollands and Blair in the last round, are at home to Hollyport. It's Rustall against Montpellier Villa. Plenty of places to go there. Where the hell's Montpellier Villa and where's Hollyport? Hollyport. Let's have a look at them. Hollyport. I'm on Hollyport now. They are near Maidenhead. It's a trek. Probably can't get much further than that, can you, in this division? In this competition you can go yeah. right down to the south coast can't you and yeah. uh, Mont- montpellier villa are in falmer uh in brighton so uh, but they they play at uh, colverone in lansing so that's a fair trip um as well for for them to go up to tunbridge wells um but yeah so uh some interesting ties there and hopefully we've had a stinking week in the fa trophy a stinking week in the fa cup surely to goodness third time lucky yeah, we'll, we'll get we'll get four or five through on that, John. Plus the other teams coming into it. But yeah, cup cup hasn't really been too good for us over the last uh, few weeks. So, and of course, you know, talking about deal, looking at the league table there in the scaffold. Really, if everything Bell really don't win it from here, they probably had a better start than two sides last season. They've got 100 points, haven't they? So, um, people like deal. It's a big competition for them. We know that anyway. Um, but it's going to be tough for them to win the league. 
maybe that priority will Steve King will say, let's try and get as far as we can in the, the Vars as well as some of the other teams. So yeah, fingers crossed we can um get some sides through in that competition. But some difficult, yeah. Can just see how league get on as well. I've had a bit of an up and down bit of a spell recently, but goodness knows how good Hollyport are, but and Kennington, big game as well. Yeah, fingers crossed we can get some sides through. Yes, there is also a uh, all scaffold first division tie on Sunday. AFC Whiteleaf against Snodland Town. Elsewhere, uh, a handful of league fixtures as well. Earth and Belvedere against Tunbridge Wells uh, on Saturday. Lordswood against Punjab United, a 2pm kickoff that one. Uh, Stansfield against Whitstable, as we've already mentioned. In the first division, Bermondsey Town against Rochester United. Croydon against Forest Hill Park. Lewisham Borough against SC Thamesmead. Staples Marks against FC Armstead. Then next midweek, uh, plenty of games kicking about. K-Sports against Whitstable Town on Monday night. Uh, then on Tuesday, Deal travel to Beersted. It's Glebe against Fisher. Hollands and Blair against Sutton Athletic. And Tunbridge Wells against Stansfeld. Then on Wednesday, Canterbury against Kennington. Uh, Rustall against Holmesdale. And a solitary game in the first division uh, as Faversham Strike Force take on Snodland Town. Uh, I'm going to hand over to you now, Matt, because we're going to talk about the National League South. And, and I don't know what's going on, mate. Is, is this the end of times? Dover Athletic won again. Is that right? Yes, they did. That's uh, um, four games unbeaten, which I think is the first time since 2018. So, and a chance this weekend. Of course, I wasn't there because I watched um, Beckenham, but um, a good performance in the second half of Davis saw them against a half-decent Slough team. So, um, we're not getting carried away, but we could win this weekend, John, and we could be in the playoffs, which is, right, end the season now. I'm not getting carried away, but we could be in the playoffs. I mean... (laughs) Four weeks ago, five weeks ago, when we saw them at Eastbourne, you were like, this is the worst team I've ever seen in my life. And now you're talking about the playoffs. Never too high, never too low. That's what Chris Kinnear used to say to you all the time. You didn't listen, did you? No, but and he hasn't told us. He's admitted to He's got a formation, right? And I did say, at the start of the season, play wingbacks. Did I say that to you? Because the wingbacks, yeah, the wingbacks are probably the Davis' best players. So he's worked on a formation, um, three at the back. And so... Um, yeah, well, I'm not getting carried. Well, I'm not. I don't expect David to get in the um, in the playoffs. But I, it's nice that again people have been quite happy to say, yeah, enjoying um, uh, wandering down when they've got three points. So that's the most important thing. <laughs> Uh, yes, elsewhere, Dartford were 2-0 winners over Tomage Angels in their derby match. Uh, and a bit of a poor result for Welling United. Their unbeaten run came to an end in the league as they were beaten 3-0 by St Albans. And this just goes to show, Matt, about drawing games of football. Because this time last week, even after their FA Cup uh, exit with, uh, with uh, Weymouth, we were saying, oh, Welling, you know, they're unbeaten in, what, eight league games, something like that. Well, now they haven't won in four. If you chuck in the FA Cup as well, they haven't won in five games. And that's got to be a, a little bit of a concern. I mean, they're st- still on 19 points. They're only a point outside the playoffs. They're only two points in front of uh, the juggernaut at Crabble. Um, so, you know, it's, it's not panic stations yet. And I suppose what is quite nice is if you look at the league table of the National League South, at the moment, we have the teams in first, third, ninth, tenth and eleventh. That's not bad, is it? No, that will be, we'll take, well, hopefully we can move a few more of the ninth, tenth, eleventh higher up. Is it Darford? Have they won six on the spin? So they're doing well. Um yeah, I think they've brought a couple of new players as well, Welling, haven't they? have got Sid Nelson, good centre-half. They've got him on loan from Woking. I think he's had injury problems, but they've brought him in to sort of bolster it up. Always seems to be yeah, investing wisely with some of the players, Welling. Yeah, a bit of a shock, shock result against St. Albans. I saw one of the goals with a poor defensively. Just, you know, that's that great result. Maybe that you know, game against Havoc when they were 2-1 two, two up, Havoc down to 10. They couldn't hang on. And since then, 
hasn't really worked out for them. So maybe a, a lack of confidence. But as we've said before, I think they, we know they've got they've got a good manager, um, and he'll be making sure that um, when they sit on their laurels and just move on as quickly as possible, just get back on the winning winning uh, winning streak. But yeah, oh, from where they were this time last year, John, I think um, all Welling fans will be um, very happy with how they're getting on. Yes, you say you want to get back on the winning trail. Well, they uh, face on Saturday well, yes, the, do, don't they? the highest ranked team in the country who are still unbeaten as they travel to Ebbsfleet United uh, for a Kent derby. Elsewhere, it's Dover against Farnborough. Uh, Dartford are on the road as they go to St Albans. Tunbridge Angels are home to Chippenham. Then a full programme on Tuesday night as well. Welling on the road again as they go to Braintree. Dover at home again. Do you have, have you stopped playing away games? Yeah, uh, yeah you're, well, exactly, yeah. yeah. You're at home to Concord Rangers, uh, Ebbsfleet United at home to St Albans and Dartford away to Slough and Tunbridge Angels take on Chelmsford City. So uh, plenty going on. I assume you'll be returning to Crabble with you this, this week? Well, I, am at, I am at Dover um, uh, on Saturday yeah, and on Tuesday. So, um, so your initial intro to this week's show before you told me about your latest <laughs> wing was um, that you've discovered that the way to start enjoying football again was avoiding Crabble. Yeah, exactly. That was true. That was true. But um, well, I could. If we lose two, I'll be down on the dumps when I talk to you from the from the West Wing next week. John. But well, fingers crossed, we can get a couple of results. But again, just enjoying, just enjoying winning matches, mate. You know, I've had that for a while. Yeah, absolutely. I feel, I feel like what's it? What's it? Who's a crap team that's doing well this season? Newcastle. There you go. <laughs> they must be like that. So there you go. Yeah. As well, after I watch this rubbish Premier League football, then, yeah, something like that. Might as well find some sort of analogy from somewhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, just leave us with the National League fixtures over the weekend. As we said, both of our National League teams went out of the FA Cup uh, on Saturday. Uh, Maidstone doesn't get any easier for them. They travel to face Notts County uh, on Friday. And on Saturday, Bromley go to Chesterfield. And on Tuesday night, fixtures for both of them as well. Big ones as well. Bromley at home to Barnet. Maidstone at home to South End. Would you say uh, under, under pressure, um, back in our racing, John? It was a terrible result in the cup. Terrible result in the cup. Um, I mean, they're in the bottom four. They're in a really bad run of form. You, you have to be looking at it, don't you? It's, it's a difficult situation because, you know, we've seen it before. Manager brings a team up. He did brilliantly last season. And this time last year, he was in all problems, sorts yeah, of yeah, bother, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah. Um, so uh, it's difficult because obviously it is a big step up from the National League South. And, you know, I think... We said this about Maidstone the last time they went up, but were they necessarily ready for, for this step up? I know they've had some injury problems as well, um, but the big problem they've got is the goals that they're shipping. You know, they've conceded 30 goals in 13 games. Uh, only Dagenham have conceded as many as that. Um, and that's that's got to be the worry, I suppose, for Maidstone United, is where do they find these, this around, you know, they've got Notts County away on Tuesday night. That's going to be a tough game. The league leaders have only lost once, even though they chucked it in the cup at the weekend. Uh, and then... You know, South End, that could be a that could be an opportunity for them. South End mid table, if they can get a result there, then that just lifts the whole place, doesn't it? But you know, it's difficult. And you know, we we love Oliver Ash on this show. He's he's a really really uh, knowledgeable chap. And I don't think they'll they will panic in any way, shape or form. I think they'll they'll make they'll be very measured about it all, and, and they will know that there's a long way to go. But I suppose yeah, there, there will be some concerns if if they were to lose both these games this weekend. Then you start looking at it thinking, oh, this is a bit worrying, don't you? Well, I'm, I'm pretty devil's advocate with that thing. I, I think they probably learned a lot by what they did last time. When they shut, sacked Jay Saunders and it all went wrong with Harry Wheeler, didn't it? It just didn't work out. Maybe they'll, 
I don't think Hakan Eretin is in any trouble, but I think the, the thing they realised if they did pull the trigger, it went wrong last time, and I don't think they'd want to do that again. It, it, probably it, Maystone supporters probably thought they could finish middle of the table, but if we had Oliver Ash on the show, he probably said they wanted to finish fifth from bottom at the start of the season, and I think they've got enough quality to do that. But again. Maystone fans, like any football fans, they want to see them win matches. And if they're not winning matches, they get a little bit frustrated. And going out the cup to need a market probably doesn't add to that as well. But I'm putting a devil, devil's advocate there. I don't think he's under pressure. But a win, again, Notts County is going to be tough. If they were on a good run of form, in a bad run of form, you think it's going to be a difficult one. But I think home win against the South End side, who are pretty inconsistent, would be... I think I'll leave a little bit of pressure and cheer the fan group, fan base up a little bit. I will just say they've got three home games in a row after Friday nights. They've got Southend, uh, then on sat- the following Saturday they've got Yeovil, and the following Tuesday they've got Solihull Moors. Um, so, so that's yeah, they, yeah, they've yeah, got to yeah, be picking yeah. up some points from those home games, I would say. Yeah, I, I, I would have thought um, they'll know a little bit where they're going to be um, after those. Yes, absolutely. Well, that's pretty much it. We've covered every division, haven't we? Haven't missed anything out and no glaring errors? No, no, we've done pretty well, I think. And it's late night time, yeah. Yeah, it's nice. It's like a, a late night uh, late night chat room, really. We're, we're exactly, yeah, yeah. The, the days, as I said before, the day's doing it at two o'clock. Um, and hopefully the quality, even though I feel tired, because I'm normally well asleep by now, <laughs> um, still go forward. Yeah, but yeah, it's, it's another... Again, we say, John, you know, did we expect two managerial... This time last week, did we expect to offer all our teams apart from one to go out the FA Cup? No, so never a dull moment in our little area, is there? No, and and, and again, you know, it goes back to where we're really lucky with this show. Uh, in that, you know, we were able to get people from those managerial appointments on the show, just just like mm-hmm. that. You. I was very grateful to you for getting uh, Simon Austin's number for us. That was very much appreciated. Um, and obviously, you know, we're lucky that we've kind of got ourselves into this situation whereby people do want to talk to us and, and we never ever take it for granted. Um, you know, one of our guests who's been on today uh, would say that sometimes I do take the mick out of him, but he knows as well as everybody else that we don't take anything for granted. And we're so grateful uh, to everybody who gives up their time to speak to us here on what is essentially a silly little football show done by two idiots. Uh, one of them is trying to deal with his cats who are misbehaving. One of them, I'm be brutally honest, one of the cats has uh, had a visit to the litter tray during the show. So it's not been the nicest hour of my life, if I'm going to be brutally honest with you. Um, but yeah, so... Yeah, 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 again, it's, you know, there's a lot going on. So if, if, you, if you do listen to the show and, you know, somebody who likes a bit of fun, well, that's what, the great thing about it, there was one guy at the, didn't catch his name when I was at Beckenham, he speaking to Johan's dad as well and he knew who I was oh yeah get listening to the podcast about it so please continue to spread the word um if you can so just get our numbers up I don't know what our numbers are John you're you're in control of that but um I think they're, they're still pretty good aren't they yeah they're all right and we do appreciate every single person uh who listens we haven't even got any tv chat to, to give you this week because I've like, been watching well if I, I you've been watching about, crap football yeah yeah I, I started watching, up to us. um somewhere boy have you heard of that I'll put, it's on Channel 4, isn't it? Something about a kid who hasn't been out for donkey's years or something. Yeah, been out I've, house. I've watched the first one. It's quite interesting. They're only half an hour episodes as well, so that's quite good. Um, so, yeah, but, you know, it's just it's just busy just trying to fit everything in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, I'll say I'm off next week, so I'll, I'll, I won't be watching too much telly. I'll just be enjoying family time. So, um, oh. There you go. Oh, isn't that nice? Yeah. Lovely. 
lovely. Anyway, we will leave you there. Uh, we've prattled on for long enough, and I've probably had to do some quite severe editing uh, on this week's show, so we'll see how that's gone on. When I hear this in a few hours' time, I'll either be pulling my hair out or I'll be very, very happy that it's nearly all over. So we shall see how that all pans out. As always, you can find us on Twitter. We're at Kent NL Podcast. You can find us on Facebook. Search for Kent Only Podcast. I'm at John Phipps 81 Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. Uh, as we say, do give us a follow. If there's anything that we should be talking about, uh, then please let us know. We had loads of plans of people who were going to talk to you this week. And then it all just went, as, as Matt said, we just had two managerial changes. So everything moved all over the place. And then obviously getting that win uh, on Wednesday night for Corinthian as well was uh, an added bonus for that. Uh, but yeah, thank you everybody for listening to this week's show. Thank you, Matt, for staying up past your bedtime. And we'll speak to you all next week on the Kent Only podcast. Yes, um, I'm off now to the East Wing to my bed.